Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Production over unders. The focus for us today on the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you. A combination of prospects, the NFL draft, props. It all works together. The, the corporate yeah. synergies, the the big bosses, the big wigs upstairs. Jamie, really happy with us today of the corporate synergy today on the Prospects and Pops uh, Props podcast. Do you have somebody that lives above the closet you're recording in, Chris? Or um, there's a shelf up here if you want. If we want to put something up there, so we can like have our cafe version of the people upstairs it's not a two-story house right not a two-story house one story house Oh, okay you don't have yeah. an attic right it's not somebody it, hidden up in the attic in fact there is the attic Ooh. right here so oh and, and, and do you have the little pull down so you're like is that's that not a get pull down actually i would need to take a ladder and go up there and push it open but i've Got been it. i've been told completely sidebarring us to start the show i've been told i'm not allowed to go up there because Ooh. since the mm. house has been purchased it's never been opened and so mm. if there are like snakes or spiders up there, they stay up there if I never open it. But once I open it, it opens the door for them to come down. So that's actually so it's, it's forbidden. It's not allowed to be open. Pandor- it's Pandora's attic. It, it's, it's Pandora's attic. You is. don't know what's going to happen when you open it up. So you got to keep it close. Uh, rookie okay. sack uh, totals uh, over unders is what we're discussing here on the show today. Yes. And uh, I, t- I took a perusal of, uh, of draft. That's not a word. Th- those perusal you, like, is what? not a word. Perusal. I perused. I did a that's perusing. a word. But you perused. Perusing is uh, also that was fine. Perusal was not a word. As we discussed on the show, we're going to have heavy, heavy breakdowns of fantasy rankings, prospects, uh, yardage props, all that other stuff that's coming. So this week, we're going to try to get some of these more auxiliary things out of the way uh, now that I'm finishing up my my fantasy rankings and more importantly, my stat projections, which are going to play into all of the betting stuff that we're going to talk about. But uh, one thing I do is because it's for fantasy, it's offensive guys. So I thought this was really interesting to take a look at a couple defensive rookies. And right now, there are only two guys that are available to to bet on right now at DraftKings. It's Tyree Wilson, who, who went to the Raiders, uh, and Will Anderson, who went to Houston. So... Uh, I'm really intrigued by these because they're both. I mean, they're what minus one twenty to the over, minus one ten to the under. Yep. So they're, they're, there's no real heavy lean here. So this will be really good to have a conversation about. We don't have to worry about value or heavy juice. We can just have the conversation of an over under. Um, let's start with Will Anderson though, Chris, because he was number three overall. Uh, goes to the Houston Texans. Is going to get an opportunity to start right away. Was long considered the best defensive prospect in this class, and there was an argument that. If he, had, if he declared a year early, he would have been the number one pick over Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson in last year's class. Uh, DraftKings sets his over under at 8.25 sacks here, Chris. And, and I want to provide a little context to this before you and I start weighing in. Okay. Last year, one rookie went above 8.25 sacks, and that was the rookie sack leader, was, Aiden Hutchinson. Was James Houston? Or the, oh, okay. No, no, no. James Houston was second. At eight sacks. I had a bajillion. Um, I knew he had a bunch. And so there were only three. Pl- so, okay, Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this. How yeah. many players? I already told you how many players. I'm making a guess. The There's th- three the players. Player. Three players. How many players? Well, there are only three players that had six or, or that had more than four sacks last year. Rookies, okay. I should say. Rookies. You already know two of them. I eight do. Eight nine and a half. James Houston at eight. Do you know who's number three? Do I know who number three is? So let's think of pass rushers that went 
The hint is they had six sacks. That doesn't. That's not a hint. Giving me the number of sacks that they have is not a hint. I know that they had at least six. The other hint, this will actually eliminate some players. He played all 17 games. Okay, that rules out some players that I was a little concerned about. Um, yes. Six sacks played in all 17 games was a... Uh... It's kind of the forgotten... Honestly, he's kind of the forgotten man from last year because he was kind of highly touted going into the draft last year. Had an unspectacular but a really solid rookie season on a really good football team and has gotten like no attention. Did George Kalaftis have six sacks? He did. Okay. Right? Doesn't it feel like nobody's talked about George Kalaftis' rookie season at all? Uh, no. Well, I mean, it. I mean, in fairness, they did win the Super Bowl, so there are other things that you're talking about rather sure. than George Kalaftis. But yes, I understand the point that you're making. It's a little surprising that they, they at least weren't. But yes, he had six sacks. Um, and so this has become really interesting. And if you want to look at it as a prospect, simply as a prospect, Will Anderson was a, high, a higher graded prospect than either Karlaftis or Aiden Hutchinson and obviously over James Houston when he was coming out. But so he needs eight and a half. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Okay. Uh, But I I think when, when, when uh, we're evaluating this and we're kind of working through this in real time here, and we're going to get to our conclusions. And I think I know where I stand on this. I don't know where Jamie stands on this. We have to ask ourselves, is he going to have the opportunity? Is he going to be in a position uh, as one of the top picks in the 2023 NFL draft to be on the field enough to get uh, 8.25 sacks. The answer to that is an overwhelming yes. He's clearly the best player that they have along that that front seven. He's clearly going to be put in a position of strength in this defense. I think a huge plus is being in a D'Amico Ryan's defense. We know that sure. those defenses are built around, we got to have a premium top-end talent pass rusher that can get after the quarterback. And you have to think D'Amico Ryan's was pounding the table pretty strongly of get me Will Anderson Jr. to be the focal point of my, to be my Bosa, to be my Nick Bosa uh, to the San Francisco 49ers is what I want Will Anderson Jr. to be for me in Houston. So opportunity, yes. Coaching staff, a huge check. I think the other plus when we look at this, Jamie, is I look at the division that they're in, the teams that they're going to be playing the most, the six games against Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Tennessee. I have questions about Tennessee's offensive line. It was a major question mark going into the draft, and I know they addressed it with Peter Skaronsky, but they they had more than one hole on that that offensive line. So you feel really good about that. The Indy offensive line, they had to move guys around throughout the course of last year. It was not the Indianapolis offensive line that we've come to expect in recent years. So I think there's an opportunity there. Uh, Jackson depending on you know how the season plays out they're not going to have uh, Anton Harrison's probably going to have to start for them at, at left tackle so you may have some opportunities there um to be able to to get some stuff done so for me I, I this checks a lot of the boxes to where 8.25 feels pretty reasonable he's going to have the opportunity he's in the right system for it he's going to be able to play some good opponents that he's going to have some favorable matchups against I kind of like this one the question is going to be how competitive can the Houston Texans be to the point where they're still within ball games where they're they're not this is not a situation where other teams are basically running 60% of the time in the second half against them because they've got a big lead. I think that would be the thing I would own, would be worried about and push back against. But uh, I've got another trivia question for you, Chris. Okay. I was one for one. Uh, how You were. Took took you a second, but but you got it. But I didn't make any wrong how, guesses, so it's one for one. That is true. That, that's the biggest point. You went one for one. Mm-hmm. How many players in the NFL last year, you know it was only one rookie, but how many overall players in the NFL last year had more than eight sacks? So I, I think this context can be helpful. 
Uh, sure, it is going to be helpful if you think I'm going to sit here and be able to figure this out without multiple guesses that you're out of your mind. But I'll give it sure. a shot. But I, 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 I so I'll I'm, give you my, like, I, I, the way you're phrasing the question and my immediate gut reaction was this is going to be a smaller group than we think. Like it's going to be a small group. Relative. Well, I guess it depends. I guess it depends. Like, I, I don't know if I would call it a small group, but it's also like I think the context matters of like what he would have to do among the league as a whole to win this bet for you if you take sure. the over. Here's and how here's, many players have done it. Here's my immediate thought. There are 32 yeah. teams in the National Football League. Was there, there a player on every team that got to this number? I think the answer is probably no to that 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 question. So that's where my thought process goes. So then do I think, is it 16? Is it half? 16 feels a little bit right. So, okay, now I'm somewhere between 16 and 32. So my official guess on this first go around is there were 22 players that had at least 8.25 sacks or more last season in the National Football League. That's pretty close, but higher. Higher. So it's closer to the 32 side. Hmm. All right, 25? It is closer to 32 than 22. Thir- 25? Uh, it's higher than 25. 27. A little bit higher. 28. One more. 29. Got it. 29 players last year had eight and a half sacks or more. So he would have to, so, he has to, he has to reach a tier. He's got to be yes. a top tier. He's got to be a top tier pass rusher. Yeah, because that's kind of what we and, think and he it, is, right? I mean, he needs the opportunity. And, and again, it's guys that didn't reach that mark last year Khalil Mack, Forrest Buckner, Trey Hendrickson, Bradley Chubb. All those guys didn't quite get to eight and a half sacks last year, but. You look at some of the these other players that did, um, and there are some other surprising names on there that did, like Dorrance Armstrong, I think, probably had another quiet eight-and-a-half sack season, Daryl Taylor in, in, in Seattle. But I think it's doable for him. Can I jump in? But Sure. Uh, we value, we, when we evaluated Will Anderson as a, as a, as a prospect, I think it's, it's very clear that the two people on this call and, and the people uh, that are part of the TDN scouting department said Will Anderson – Immediate starter at the National Football League, right? Immediate. Can can go in right away, plug and play. He's got some stuff he needs to work on. He was kind of positionless in, in Alabama. They moved him all over the place. But overall, the skills are there for him to be an immediate help to a team as a pass rusher, right? Would you, would you agree? Yeah. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Okay. I, I look at three pass rushers that were drafted in the latter part of the first round in 2022 and to the start of round two in 2022. And I look at three pass rushers that were also taken in the first round whose situations were not as similar, to, were not close to what Will Anderson's is, and were all players that we thought were guys that needed refinement. Jermaine Johnson with the New York Jets. We said part of a rotation, guy that's going to need some work, not really a year one player. George Karloftis, who we just mentioned, who got the six sacks in his rookie season. And Logan Hall, who's the first pick of the second round for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are three players yeah. that were drafted inside the top 34 at pass rusher last year that didn't come in into situations, and the expectations were these need to be immediate top-tier pass rushers. That is the expectation with Will Anderson. And so I think when you look at it from that context, I think this number's definitely achievable. I think I'd bet the over right now if you had to make me put some put some dollars on it right this second because I think the opportunity is going to be there. Because, Jamie, I agree with what you're saying, that if they're down – Late in second halves of games, they're gonna they're yeah. they're going to struggle. But it's not like Will Anderson Jr. is not going to be out there in the first half of games when there's going sure. to be the opportunity to get those sacks. The other note that's interesting is as I just did this while you were talking, of those 29 players, only six of them came from teams that won fewer than seven games last year. So and of the 29, 23 of them had at least seven wins as a team. Yeah, played on a team with seven or more wins. Which overall because, means they were competitive. Correct. That's the point you're now, making, is that the the large percentage is that they needed to be competitive in these games. 
Now, one of those players did play for Houston. Jerry Hughes had a nice well, nine Jerry sack Hughes season. Guy gets so, older, gets better. But like it, it is very interesting to talk about. So the guys that on just on quick glance that that hit those thresholds, um, Cam Jordan, Leonard Floyd, Jerry Hughes, Yannick Ngakwe. So these guys that were on bad teams that still did well. Yeah, Burns, Crosby, and JJ Watt. Well, the Panthers weren't. I mean, yeah, the Panthers are pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't win seven games. Because only the Bucks won seven in that division, I believe. So. No, they won seven games. They oh, were, no, won eight. Sorry. This is our this or, is our bit. Everybody in that division won seven games. Yeah, except the and 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 the order is different. We did this. This is our this is oh, your recurring right, bit on yeah, the show. Right. So, so so yeah, no, sorry. Um, so Burns then, is out. Yeah, so yeah, Burns is out. Sorry. So it's twenty four. So then, then so it's even more. Yeah, let me double check. Okay, Watt why, Crosby. That's why you do research on the show. It's always good this way. Yeah, Watt Crosby yep. Gakwe is yep. three. Hughes is four. Leonard yep. Floyd is five. Yep. So just five then. Yeah. Okay. So 24 of the pass rushers that got to the 8.25 number last year were, were players that were on teams that won at least seven games. Yeah, because that's the South threw me completely off here. Hold on. Well, that's that's impressive. Make sure I'm not missing anybody. Yeah, because they did all the seven tens. Yeah. So the NFC South screwed screwed this up for me. But yeah, so five. That's but I actually it. think I actually think it makes it, it it gives us a little bit more credence to the idea of more than likely you're going to have to be competitive and be in these games, which go, aligns with your point of this yeah, is what it's, it's going to take for him to be able to put together that kind of resume. But he's just so talented, it, a, man. No, no, sure. I'm just saying it's a volume game too. Of like, how many opportunity, how many bites of the apple do you get as a pass sure. rusher? And I said. Again, I lean to the over here. I believe in the talent, but I am saying I think there's a compelling argument to be made of like, I know sometimes we look at like, oh, 8.25 and we're like, oh, you know, it doesn't seem like and it's a passing, but it actually is a pretty exclusive group, particularly for when you're not playing for a good team. And I think we're, we, we like to, the strides, we like the direction of where Houston's going, but we, we don't think they're a seven plus win team. So this year. Eight, 8.25, give or yeah. take, I'm rounding here. I need to find eight games on the Houston schedule that I think they can be competitive in, right? If you feel like he gets one sack in all those games, sure. I mean, yes. Just, just, just I go guess. with me here. Just go with me I'll here. I'll go with you on this bit. I'll, I mean, there's clearly multi-sack games, but sure. But I'll go with but you if, on this bit. If the bare minimum is I'm going to get one sack, and I need to find eight games that are going to be competitive, in which I feel like for four quarters he's going to have a ton of opportunities. I'm looking at the schedule. They get Arizona. They get two games against Tennessee. Yeah. They get two games against Indy. That's five that I feel. That's five. Yep. Do we feel they can keep it competitive with Atlanta in Atlanta? Are they they should keep it competitive. So that's They're six. Not, I don't think they'll win. That's not. That's not. They don't have to win these games. They that's just true. need to be competitive for they me competitive to feel good about in the this. second half. Yeah. So that's that's six. Tampa, that's seven. Yeah. And finding an eighth stuff depends on what you feel about Denver. It depends on what you feel about Cleveland. Um, well, and also some of it's the, it's depends on where they get Carolina they in Carolina. Up. Also, some of it depends on where they line up. Will Anderson? Do they move him around? Yes. Like if it's Will Anderson versus Tristan Wirfs, I'm not as confident about him getting a sack in the Tampa game. If it's Will Anderson versus Luke Decky, changes the changes the equation a little bit. Do they move him around? Does he play one side? Um, you know what I mean? It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how he gets used there. But uh, I, I I'm gonna bet on the talent here if I had to pick one way yeah, over. But I do think there's a compelling argument to just understand the context of yeah. like that. It might you know if he does have a an eight sack season, exactly eight. Why you shouldn't necessarily be disappointed. 
just given that context that we've had now. So just again, temper expectations. And so now we have all of that context to go into our next player. That's Tyree Wilson of the Las Vegas Raiders. And Jamie, this feels like a number that is priced in the idea that we don't know if Tyree Wilson's going to be healthy to start the 2023 season. 6.25. And I'll tell you, that's the hangup that I have here is because it's priced in the injury. But I don't know if he's going to be healthy. Like to me, like I want to bet the over because the number's so low. But am I going to get 17 games out of Tyree Wilson? That's question number one I have got to ask myself, and I don't know the answer to that. And number two, you and I are both of the belief that he can beat out Chandler Jones to be the the number two pass rusher opposite of Max Crosby, but he is still going to be a part of a rotation, and the situation's not as rosy and not as good as we just outlined for Will Anderson Jr. And all the concerns that we have about Houston being able to be competitive and win football games, Jamie, I don't think there's a single game the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be favored in this season on their 2023 schedule. And if Jimmy G's not their quarterback, quarterback, if Jimmy G's not their quarterback, they're... Are they going to be competitive in any game with Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell as their quarterbacks? No offense to those two gentlemen. Maybe a couple just because, you know, just randomly, but it's tough to pick now. It's interesting. I I went back three years now for the the rookie sack total, and only seven rookies over the last three years would have hit the over on this. Seven total players in the last three years of, of rookies. So... It's again, it feels like a low number relative to the talent, but then there are those things. There's all the concerns that we just had about the Texans being competitive with the Raiders. There's the concern about how healthy Tyree Wilson. By the way, uh, what's with Raiders and feet between Tyree Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Antonio Brown? Like feet have not been have not been great to, to the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, I have a question for you. I have a question yeah. for you. You just said that you went back three years, and over the last three years, yeah. it was seven players. Yeah, I have a hot take. Okay. Is it is it wrong of me to think that Miles Murphy and Felix Anudike Uzoma have a better chance of getting to this eight number than Tyree Wilson does? Yes. You think so? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's like crazy, but I, I don't I don't think it's You understand you understand the logic I'm using though, right? You understand the thought sure. process? But I also think that like from a pure raw from a pure talent standpoint, Tyree Wilson's better. Uh, uh I don't disagree. But Yes, I do agree that in terms of path to it, and again, teams that are going to be winning games. And, right now, well, now the slight, the slight, than the other, the slight against Cincinnati is Miles Murphy's going to be a part of a rotation. Yeah, and so th- that's well, so, by the way, so is Tyree Wilson. Well, I just At said this right, start. He's going to start, but Chandler Jones still exists, and as long as they're paying him money, they're yeah. going to try to trot him out there. So yes, and so to me, you have the foot, you have how competitive are they truly going to be? Comparison to Cincinnati. They're going to be well. They might be competitive the opposite direction. They might be too good for their own for their for their uh, for their own good. And be yeah, up but big again, on teams. But sure, but up big on teams means teams are throwing, which means yeah, which means kind of Miles Murphy opportunities and let, and let the rookie go at it. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and this is kind of like a little bit of a of a different look, uh, you know, because there's about what forty to. You're 55-ish, 54-ish okay. players that have in the league that got six and a half sacks or more last year. Uh, name them all, Chris. No. Um, it's – I kind of lean the under here. and It's priced in the injury, me, but I still think the under is the better bet here. 
I, I do too, because I do think the injury needs to be in consideration. The fact that I don't think he's a necessarily a day one starter. And part of that is because of the injury we have seen. I mean, I know it's a different position and a different thing, but look what happened with Christian Watson last year in green Bay, his hamstring injuries caused him to miss a lot of off season activities, which caused him to not be in sync with the rest of the offense, which caused a slow start for him to get rolling before he got opportunity. And, as a rookie, you need to be available and on the field and get the coaches to believe that you that you not only know the playbook but can execute before they're going to throw you out there. If Tyree Wilson misses some of this time with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby already being the top two pass rushers on the team, it might be a few weeks before he gets that opportunity again. So between that, between the injury, even if it doesn't linger beyond this offseason, it's enough to maybe give him off, get him off to a slow start. I'm going to take the under here for him at 6.25 yeah i'm in agreement i'll take the under as well um again part of a rotation i think by the season's end he'll be the starter there but the foot is a concern you mentioned all the time that he's going to miss he's also being put into a josh mcdaniels patriot way team and so with that comes the how quickly can you get up to speed with the way that they want to do things when you're sitting on the sideline and not participating because you're you're dealing with this foot injury and so it's just something to keep an eye on now i'll tell you if, if we if we hear that foot's fine clean clean bill of health going to be ready for week one all right, that's a different story. I think I'll feel a little bit differently about this because I think this number is priced in the injury. But again, I think 6.25, I think we, we showed that the, what the numbers say here, that that's, that's still a high bar to clear. And the situation's not all that rosy for him there uh, in Vegas. It's wide receivers on the show tomorrow. We're going to look at who will have the most touchdowns in the 2023 regular season and who will have the most receiving yards in the 2023 regular season. Uh, more names available for us to discuss here uh, at this group. And, and uh, Jamie, I'm interested because you and I have been on opposite ends of this wide receiver uh, battle here in 2023 when it comes yes. to these prospects. And I think that's going to play itself out uh, again tomorrow when we look at these 2023 props. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to finishing up all my projections and sharing them with everybody here on, on the show and do, do various forms that will help both those that play fantasy, those that bet season-long player props. We're going to have all that available for you throughout the month of June. Uh, it's going to be a really exciting time to kind of get some bets in. And uh, before the, the chaos of, of July training camp and starts late August, I mean, it's it. We're really not that far away. Uh, I believe I saw a tweet actually over the weekend, over Memorial Day weekend, where this was the literal halfway point uh, of the NFL offseason. We've love had 15, 15 Sundays since the Super Bowl, 15 Sundays to go until week one. Uh, so we are about to go over the hump here and get to the, the back stretch of the NFL offseason. I think my favorite part of this is is when the player projections start to come in for you. That means I know we're closer. And I love the offseason stuff. This feels like study hall for like the major exam, which is during the season yeah. when we're going to be talking about bets and talking about players. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So this feels like feels like us getting ready and, and getting everything kind of sorted out before we because we're going to keep track of all the bets that we make here on the show. We're going to sure. keep track. We're going to have records. We're going to have all sorts of different stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. it should be a lot Maybe you actually send me my winnings this time. I'm still waiting for the last two yeah, years. Worth yeah, of, uh, yeah you, you, you uh, have been able to two boxes of bill bars i think they got for lost over in the mail. a year for that's a while i mean they, they've got lost in the mail clearly oh, no 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 you need to send it uh but the important thing here too chris is, is this is kind of the weird part of the offseason right because you have the immediate offseason post super bowl but you run right into you know the new league year you run into free agency then you have full draft prep and you've mm -hmm. all this stuff that comes up like now this is like the the, this May June part is kind of the lull. It's kind yeah, of this the is reset. The yeah. is, is the time for us? Okay, let's take a fresh look at what's going to come in the season ahead. And 
uh, I think that's what that's what these projections are going to bring, and it's an ex- it's an exciting time now. Of like now, it's it's more about optimism and looking forward. Now that we that we have the draft in the rearview mirror, and you know, there's still a couple things to play out. You know, we still where's DeAndre Hopkins going to go? Like we still have a few bits and pieces, and and hoping we see some you know some in, some good news on injured stars like Brees Hall, for example. So still some some interesting storylines but I'm really looking forward to us kind of breaking that stuff down and and this will be just a taste of it this week before we get into the, the full slate starting uh the first week of June we hope you come back and see us again tomorrow when we discuss the 2023 uh, rookie wide receivers and some of the early props that we have uh, with them you can follow me on Twitter at, at Chris Schubert underscore you can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisner uh, please rate review subscribe to the podcast if you've checked all those boxes if you've done all three of those things please share the show with a friend family member co-worker loved one somebody you think that will enjoy this uh that buddy you strangers have, on the street random strangers on the street that buddy that you have that just loves a good you know, loves a good wager loves a good sports bet we got you here covered here on the show you got the youtube version of the show as well that goes out each and every day so if you want to hear the video version or see the video version of the show you can do that as well so hope everybody has a great rest of their tuesday we will talk to you all tomorrow thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.